you're the bottom one. So see how mine, as I talk, and see how yours is like real little. Hello, my name is Miranda, but it's not moving. Hello. <laughs> big one. Okay, there we go. Now it's moving. No, I turned it up, so you're fine. You can just talk normal. Oh. <laughs> you, can, you can adjust the levels to anybody's voice. So like for me, like I talk pretty loud already, so mine's turned down, and then yours is going to be turned up a little <laughs> bit more. So it's perfect. It's fantastic. I never thought of myself as a quiet person, but okay. I mean, you're you're a little bit quiet. I, s- I guess so, yeah. Like, but <laughs> I guess, well, because I think when you say quiet, you think, like, you don't talk. But you talk, you just don't speak loudly in conversation. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true. Well, when I'm coaching, I'm usually louder. Yeah, well, of course, yes. Very good, <laughs> at, very good at that. Um, yeah, we called it CNT because we thought we were going to do coffee and tacos every Friday at 7.30 a.m., and then we realized, like, going out and grabbing tacos – was difficult to do if you're coaching and so it was hard and we ended up not recording till 7:45. and joelle and i talked too much yeah and let's be real i talked too much which is fine and so like we'd go way past the 8 30 and uh so we just quit calling it coffee and tacos and went to cnt we're not very creative yeah i mean it's hard to come up with a name i would think i mean the podcast name is black wolf untitled like because i was just like we're not gonna title it so that's <laughs> it. So it's Black Wolf on Tacos. I don't feel like coffee and tacos go that well together anyways. But mm-hmm. I'm not a taco person, so. Well, that f- there's that's that's your first mistake. Um, yeah, I've been told that before. Breakfast tacos are amazing. Amazing. Um, man, I guess I didn't get you any while you're here. It's okay. <sighs> I'm mad about it. I <laughs> guess that means you'll have to come back. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of the two trends right now, though. Like tacos are a hot thing down here yeah it's everywhere it's like oh you gotta like tacos to be cool now yeah yeah i'm not cool so it, it's okay it, it's it's the new donut yes it's exactly. the new donut <laughs> um and then coffee's always been cool oh yeah so yeah. i'm at least cool in that way there you go Kay. i got that going so for me tacos <laughs> yet. but if we can i can assure you that if you come down here you're gonna you're going to like tacos because I think there's something to be said for like the authentic Mexican experience with it because right now, even in Houston, we have taco shops that I, like I had told you like the, the coffee shop that sells like white people donuts yeah. because they're like <laughs> seven and $8 yeah. for a donut. Like we have white people tacos where it's like eight or $9 for a taco. If you go to a, a taco truck, it's like a dollar 50, maybe a dollar 50. But then you go to some dude like, with a tie on and he's like you want tacos i'm gonna charge you 12 dollars." <laughs> you're like whoa bro um and then they're not even that good because they're trying to do too much with it so like you have to get like re- real tacos and so once you when you're here you're gonna you're gonna experience that and you're gonna like it because i mean the taco itself makes sense it's usually like a meat and a cheese who doesn't like that okay warm like wrapped in a warm like corn if that's authentic corn tortilla if you like flour that's fine and then usually there's something else fun in there, like whether it's beans or plantains or something like that. So a it's, fun ingredient. It's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. You're going to love it. Um, and, and the breakfast tacos do go with coffee pretty well. Like when I, I think when you think tacos, you think kind of like, like lunch or dinner tacos and yeah, of course yeah. I'm, not, I'm not having that. Um, but I mean like Wisconsin, like if you, if I was, if I came up to Wisconsin I mean, are we going to Taco Bell to get tacos? Like, what What are my options no, up there? We have Mexican. Like, everyone raves about this restaurant. It's called La Fagada. 
Um, but I don't really eat Mexican, so I don't ever yeah. really go there. Okay. okay. <laughs> to be honest, it's not a taco thing for me. I don't meat, yes, cheese, yes, but I'm like I'll eat breakfast food all day, every day, yeah. every meal. Yeah. Pancakes, eggs. Yum. I'm happy. I'm a simple person. That Is way. Wisconsin considered Midwest? Yeah. But it's north. Mm, I guess yeah. we're, we're talking mid in terms of east to west. Right, yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's always been Midwest. Midwest. Okay. Interesting. Um, <laughs> go, well, Pat, go. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's start with that. Uh, um, I guess we, I'm bad at intros. I usually, like, if you listen to our podcast, it's just me starting to ramble and then Joel hopping in. And then we're like, oh, by the way, good morning. Um, <laughs> but let's catch everybody up. So uh, I'm sitting here, and I've never said your last name. It's just DeMarc, right? Is there yeah, anything? it's not Denmark. There's no not N. Den, it's not Denmark. So it's Miranda DeMarc. DeMarc. Yes. Okay. Uh, with the amazing Miranda DeMarc, she came down to visit us this week, and she'll be uh, leaving us tomorrow morning bright and early. Um, Always. She's going to roll the dice on the Uber driver. Hope she, hopefully she gets a good <laughs> one for the trip back to the airport. Um, but we'll, we'll jump into that story about the old man in the truck in a second. Um, sitting here with Miranda, and uh, we finished the first two classes. She led the amazing ladies at 6 a.m. and it. And they... Uh, absolutely kicked ass and I was fortunate enough to work with 5 and 6 a.m. over on the CrossFit mats and now we're sitting here and one little fun thing is we're going to try the brand new Bang flavors that are all coffee which I am not a fan of energy drinks that try to do coffee like when Monster did that mocha thing it didn't didn't work for me Uh, so I'm not optimistic about what this experience is going to be. Well, you have to have an open mind. Okay, fine. I am very optimistic (laughs) that this is going to go not badly. Um, but we're just going to sit down and chat for a very short period of time here, kind of catch up on who she is, a few fun things about her, uh, and uh, maybe a few fun things about me as well. And Mm -hmm. then have a little discussion at the end that might get a little bit more, uh, or go into a little bit more of the deep side. But let's start light for now. So, Miranda, where uh, where were you born? I was born in Racine, Wisconsin, the lovely Racine, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so basically, southeastern Wisconsin, like so south of Milwaukee, but kind of closer to the Illinois border. Born and raised, moved towards Kenosha within the last year or so, but. Just kind of getting sick of the the winter blues up there. It's cold. It's a dark by like three thirty, which is not very fun. I enjoy the sunshine and the warmth on my skin, <laughs> which honestly I'm a little bit cold here right now. So I don't know how that's working out, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it was is a bit of a chilly morning. Um, but I mean, it looks like the the sunrise is beautiful. So I think we're gonna have a, a blue sky day, and so you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy the weather today. Um, yeah, I know nothing about Wisconsin. Like I know I (laughs) I asked Maddie two days ago, our, our little Maddie Garcia, who's actually in Wisconsin today. Uh, yeah, we did a switcheroo. Yeah. A little switcheroo. We trade, we traded, but she's not coming back until 10 days from now. Um, do you want to try this? Yes. This one is the heavenly hazelnuts. And we are not sponsored by Bang, by we the way. Not, not <laughs> this yet. podcast is not sponsored by Bang. Thank you. Of course. I like your nails, by the way. I've been meaning Thanks. to tell you that. I'm kind of OCD with my nails. Like, I can't have them chipped. Yeah. Or it freaks me out. So, they're but like, that's not, not at all. Or but I like that color. Like, oh, it's not you. a color you see often. 
Yes, you'll notice I'm a very all or none person. Okay. So same thing with the nails. It's either all, not chipped at all, or none. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like that. As with other things in my life. Okay. The uh yeah, Wisconsin, the the mm. geography of y'all are on the western border with what, the Dakotas? Y'all. And then the eastern border with Illinois and then the lakes or Minnesota? Minnesota. 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 It's well it's Minnesota, Wisconsin and then the lake. Okay. Which the other side would be Michigan. Okay. Lake Michigan's right there. Gotcha. So that is one nice thing. Yeah, that is nice. In the summer, which is like Well two yeah, weeks you were along. describing you're describing living like near the beach and yeah. so like when there is sun, it can be quite nice, right? Yeah, I mean the summers are nice, but how like, long is the summer there? Like what do you consider Usually it's three it's supposed to be three months, so like June, July, August, but sometimes it's like feels like two weeks. Okay. And this winter's been really odd. I actually believe in climate change, not to yeah. get crazy there, but like we've had forty five degrees this whole January for the most part. Like yeah. all rain, no snow. And that's very atypical for us, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But then my mom was messaging me to make sure I was alive the other day. <laughs> and uh as mothers do they yes do worry. and she said it was negative one with wind chills so okay. i left and it was like depressed that i left or something and it got really cold Aww. so wisconsin misses when you. i get back it'll get warm again there you go <laughs> bring the heat good this is delicious by the way is it? Okay. yes i like it a lot <laughs> the verdict give me a second we'll see um it's very sweet i like my coffee very black yeah i mean i do too but i think it tastes good it tastes i mean like it okay it doesn't taste bad it certainly doesn't taste bad it tastes like it's it's like an after dinner drink though like i should be yeah it tastes desserty yeah yeah, it's very desserty but it's like that's not i just don't know if it's appropriate in the morning like i feel like i'd feel a little weird pounding this (laughs) at 5 a.m um yeah i suppose I think it's because that ch- it tastes like chocolate. Like, there's that chocolate cream. You can't go wrong with chocolate, though. I don't trust people who say they don't like chocolate. Nobody doesn't like chocolate. Who doesn't like chocolate? <laughs> exactly. But, like, I don't know if I want chocolate in my energy drink. Okay, well, you're just being picky at that I point. I want to get jazzed up on, on candy. Um, so, Racine, Wisconsin. And then Kenosha, which I think I already told you, the only thing I know about Wisconsin is from that 70s show. Um, <laughs> yes, like you Any did. reference they made is the only... And they said Kenosha a few times. They were Packers fans. Like, Red Foreman, I believe, was a Packers fan. So, and I like Red Foreman. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's about the only experience I have with that. Uh, so, lifelong Packers fan, I'd assume? Yes. Um, my dad is a recovering Packers fan, he would say. <laughs> but he never really liked Brett Favre. So, I don't know how that works out. Interesting. But he was a Rodgers fan. Obviously, we just fired Mike McCarthy, which... A lot of people are happy about, so we'll see. I was a big Jordy Nelson fan, so I'm yeah. a little bit still recovering from that loss. But it's he, been a rough so season. He got injured. Then is he? Did he get traded or did he? Yeah. Okay. I think he was. I want to say Vikings now, but that could be wrong. So don't that's quote tough. Me on that's that, a tough trade right there if he's on the Vikings. <laughs> oh yeah. Yuck. Yeah. Jordy. Um. No, he's he's a great receiver. He's awesome. Um. No, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I've uh, I was a Brett Favre fan. I enjoyed watching him on SportsCenter Center every morning and uh, all the highlights, the the old gunslinger. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I was too young at that point to really care about football, so yeah. I just got into it like within the last couple of years. But well, I mean, you're actually that's probably good because if you follow Brett through the end of his career, things got real weird, and and <laughs> and and whether we're talking dick pics or oh, okay, weird playing for the did he play for the Vikings the last year? Yeah, um, yeah, like all that. It got real weird. Yeah, he sent he sent some photos to a, a journalist. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, Google it. Oh, absolutely. It got hmm. it got a little funky. Like a super like super attractive New York City journalist, uh, football journalist or reporter, sideline reporter, something like that. And then she leaked them because she of course. she wants the attention. And then right. and then nothing came of her. She's nobody now. And it didn't win win really, for everybody. It, it didn't tarnish anything from him because we still think he was an ama- like an amazing, sometimes inefficient, but an incredibly entertaining quarterback. Um, so yeah, funny how that all shook out, but that's a whole discussion. I'm like, how should athletes like leave the game? Like, should yeah. he, have, I mean, cause he did the, I'm retiring. I'm not retiring. I'm retiring. Okay. Maybe for real this time. And so like, he kind of was in and out a couple of times, but like, and then we all judged him. We're like, Hey, be done. But if it's what you love and also you can get paid millions of dollars for it. Yeah, exactly. It's gotta be hard to walk away from, you know, but anyway, so lifelong Packers fan. That's exciting. Very, very exciting. And I do think good things are happening in Green Bay. I think Rodgers is getting a little bit weird now, but he's still got to be the most talented quarterback in the game right now. Um, well, they always blame they blame the girlfriend every time, which I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> It was Olivia Munn for a while, right? Yeah, it was an, someone else now. But everyone always says he's better when he's single, so I don't know. It's whatever. It's whatever. So... How long, how, when, what, what, okay, fun question. What were you going to be when you grew up? When you were like 12, what did you want to be when you, when you grew up? <laughs> um, I actually found a paper from kindergarten where you like fill out all the stuff or your mom helps you fill it out or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. it, what I had put down at whatever age you are in kindergarten, five or six, that I was going to grow up and be a cowgirl. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that, that's probably good to say on this Houston podcast. Yeah, down here in Texas. Ro- obviously that, coming up. that didn't work out. Um, oh, my shucks. whole family, like they're all in education, so yeah. teachers. Um, my dad is like a superintendent, retired, went back, kind of just like the guru of schools pretty much. But um, I guess coaching is kind of a form of teaching. Absolutely. Like, So there's a correlation there, but I was never like – I'm going to grow up and be a coach of CrossFit. Right. That wasn't even a thing, obviously. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I always was interested in the human body. So like I loved anatomy and physiology classes, things yeah. like that, fascinated by it. And so I kind of just rolled with that and then found CrossFit in high school, fell in love with it, like drank the Kool-Aid first workout. Yeah. Like, hell yes, I'm into this. But then went to college University of Wisconsin Parkside. Go Rangers. Go Rangers. <laughs> Shout out. Um Did you have a mascot? Like what does a Ranger mascot look a like? A Ranger, yeah. It's like a a bear, I guess. Okay. Kind of. Okay. Just like a brown looking bear. We were green. Green was our color. Um but studied exercise science there and then as I was finishing up my degree I needed like field worker internship hours. I had already had my L one at this point and um, decided I was going to work at a CrossFit gym to kind of intern there and cover those hours as I finished my degree. And then I ended up staying for the past two and a half years or so 
coaching CrossFit. Just completely fell in love with it. Got my L2 and hopefully L3 someday. So we'll Absolutely. see. I, I still don't. I, don't, I, I was going to ask you that because I don't understand why you hesitate when it comes to L3. You hesitate in the email and yeah. you hesitate as you bring it up yourself. I don't know. Like, again, there's just so much that comes with like, okay, you know, the plan of life, like you're going to go to high school, then you have to go to college and like get this piece of paper. And, you know, again, even with that, the degree doesn't always say much. And I think a lot of people get so wrapped up in the tests, the this, the that, the certifications when it's like, for me, I think the thing that's helped me the most is just the experience of doing it and going right. through it. Um, I always like to learn, but I feel like there's multiple ways to go about it. So Absolutely. I'm not like yes or no or no, it's just a stupid test. I'm not saying that, but I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways now, especially too, to like in- acquire information. Like there's so much out there now, like even podcasts or, you know, whatever things to learn and especially things like CrossFit or it's very, there's so many different ways to go about it. Yeah, so that, I, I completely agree. I think that if you, if we look at the level one, the level two, and the level three, in terms of what you actually learn in those moments, I don't know if you could say it's much. Um, right. I think the time, I love the weekends, like the L1 weekend. So I got my first level one in December of 2011, I believe. And then I, I never... I didn't level up. And so five years went by and I had to re up in 2016. So I got to go to a second level one. And I say, I got to, because I love that weekend. I I think the level one weekend, especially once you've been coaching, like, did you go before you were a coach? Like before you had really interacting classes. So, so did I, I I had coached a little bit. I was managing a gym. I I was covering classes because if you don't know if a level one's on site, a non-level one can run a class and CrossFit says it's good to go. Now, there's a whole bunch of discussion that we had there. And where I came from, which I'm grateful to have come from there, it was very much, hey, man, go take that. I don't want to coach him. And so I coached a little bit. But when I went the second time after coaching for five years, there was I gained so much more from it, right. whether it was the questions I could ask. Now I know what mattered. And so when they would kind of talk, because they give you so much information, it's not that it's not relevant. There's information that is should be emphasized and inf- information that you can kind of let fall by the wayside unless it resonates with you. But yeah. when, when you're new, you're like, give me everything. Like you're trying to absorb everything that Sri Chan tells you and Dave Lip. You're like, oh my God. And you're in love with who's coaching you. Oh my God, yeah. You're like, oh, I like I have a huge crush. I want to be that person. I had Eric O'Connor, who's from CrossFit Park City, is Chris Spieler's partner. And I fell in love with him. Like he taught me how to deadlift, like just with the PVC pipe and just the way we interacted, the way he like talked shit, like but oh, he was yeah. so they're all so incredibly smart. And that yeah. was what was so fascinating. I agree. I loved it. I mean, even now I was kind of going back and like restudying some stuff from college and I almost wish I could start college now where I'm like not an asshole. Absolutely. <laughs> I can Absol- just absolutely. like absorb it all and take it do all in. Do you understand cause... what I could do with an education? <laughs> like, do you understand what I would learn? That's like, what I'm I saying. would learn everything. Well, so what, what made you decide to coach CrossFit or, and then become an owner? Like what kind of is your background on that? So I, uh, in 20, 2010, I got arrested for my second DWI. Okay. Uh, I blew a 0.24, which was coincidentally the same thing I blew five years earlier. That's three times the legal limit. 
Um, so it's 0 0.08 is normal drunk. Uh, I was three times over. Um, I wrapped my truck around a tree, and this was after graduating from officer candidate school for the United States Marine Corps, and I was waiting on my commissioning date to actually become a Marine. And this was two weeks before that date, and it basically erased everything from my life. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a career. My education was now pretty much pointless because I had spent a year not using that degree. I had not done any internships. So now I'm, I'm waking up working retail um, at a sporting goods store, and I'm using CrossFit to get in shape for the Marines, but now that I don't have that option, I moved to Houston because there's something parents don't like about you living away from home when you're driving your truck into a tree. So they tend to say, hey, hmm. get your ass over here. So I moved to Houston, was continuing to work retail, I transferred stores, and I started working out at a gym. And I'd always been a coach. Um, I played college soccer, and then I coached a men's club team at UTSA. I coached a women's high school team when I was in community college before all that. Um, and, you know, as an athlete, like, the learning process, I enjoyed learning. And I enjoyed yeah. um I enjoyed understanding why we do what we do. Like, instead of just like, this is how you pass the ball. Like, well, why is it the end step? Like, why do I strike the ball that way? Um, and then when I went through the DWIs and kind of had a crisis of faith and identity and realized I was 25 years old and I was aimless, which scared the hell out of me, um, I questioned everything, questioned my worth. And it was really, really low, but it takes rock bottom to get you out of that. Yeah. And from that moment, I felt I was so fortunate to have that happen. Now, I say fortunate. I was forced to pay more money than I had to the state, which is the punishment. Like, money is how they get you. I had to take all these alcohol education classes where I'm sitting in class with people that are stuck in the system. They're going to go get arrested again. They're not learning. They're not going to take this seriously. They're going to stop showing up. And so yeah. I'm, I'm surrounded by people that I'm not super proud to be around. But as I'm getting past my ego, realize, like when I first started going to AA, your first observation when you walk in is like, I'm nothing like these people. I'm so much better than these people. These people are, are either old or they're totally messed up or they don't have a grasp of anything. And if you can swallow your pride for a second, you're like, wow, we're all the same. Like, we're all the same. Yeah. And, and I, I've been able to, instead of saying I'm better than that, I started to go, if I didn't have my parents, if I didn't have my background, I would be them. As soon as my career was taken away, I'd be lost. I'd be in the system, maybe even homeless. Because, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. If I don't have my mom and dad to help support me and say, hey, we're really disappointed, but we still love you, you can live here. If I had to pay rent, if I had any other job, I had to go to probate. Like, I had to meet my probation officer in the middle of the day. Like, so if I'm working a real job, hey, guys, I got to be gone for three hours because I got to go meet my probation officer for a DWI. Right. Okay, well, you're fired. Like, it would have never worked. I was so fortunate for my circumstance and I was able to realize that most people aren't. And I was forced into those situations to, to be allowed to learn. And I realized that most people aren't going to be that. So what if someone never hits rock bottom? Who's going to take care of them? Who's going to show them what they could be? And that's where coaching came in. And yeah. it was as a coach, I can help people fulfill their potential. And I think that the biggest thing that plagues society right now is a lack of hope. You settle into a life that is not what you know you're worth, but you have no idea how to get out of life what you are worth getting. And that is so discouraging. And that's why there's so much anger, so much strife, so much conflict. Um, 
And I mean, that's a little cheesy, but I really mean it, man. When I'm hopeful, there's no such thing as depression. As soon as I lose hope, whether it's hope of the business growing or hope of being in a meaningful relationship, hope of whatever, then I'm suddenly down and depression's all too real. And so now I can, I can empathize with somebody that's coming from a different set of circumstances, but it still comes down to hope. It still comes down to potential. I think we know when we're not fulfilling potential. And I think even those that don't seem driven still are hurt by the fact that are not fulfilling the potential, but we're not meant to do it on our own, you right. know? Yeah. And so that's where it came from. And I was working, I, I started working at the gym. I was working out at because, and, and I don't know if I told you this, but basically we're at lunch one day as a group. It was the owner, myself, two of the coaches, and then another client and owner who turned out to be a little bit, uh, dramatic. I didn't realize at the time was complaining about how much she had to do. And I just looked at her, I go, you need someone to help you out. I was like, yeah. this is a real thing. She didn't really CrossFit kids in 2011. CrossFit was different. <laughs> like CrossFit was way different. We didn't understand what we were getting into and we didn't know how to coach either. But what I'm speaking to right now is you didn't know the potential. There weren't 300 person gyms yet. There weren't giant like companies running these businesses. This was mom and pop garage storage gym. unit, garage gym, CrossFit. And so when I started working out, she had about 100 members. Okay. And that was a lot for this area. Um, CrossFit in Houston, I think the first two gyms opened in Houston in 2009. And then the main wave started in 2010. And then until about last year, last year was the first year we started closing gyms. Um, It grew and grew and grew. And so she was at the forefront of it. And she was 100 members. Didn't have systems in place. I told you I was punching in credit card numbers. I didn't tell you that. I was told somebody else. I, I was like, of the 100 members, my jo- my first job there was like punching in credit card numbers on the first. I would sit down at a POS system and like punch in, what's what's a credit card? 16 digits? 16 digits, yeah. expiration date, CVC code, and then it would either go through or wouldn't go through. And then go to the next one. And then I did that 100 times. And then 120. And then 100, when we had 330, I did it 330 times. Like, Fun. It, she didn't have systems. And so I said, you need someone to help you out. And I was working at Academy Sports and, Sports and Outdoors at the time, getting paid eight bucks an hour. I had just gotten a raise from six to eight. I was killing I was a supervisor Solid. now. <laughs> killing it. And uh, she texted me and goes, how much would I have to pay to be here? And I'll say this, kids. If anybody asks you how much you should get paid, tell them more. Because they're not going to say yes to that number. They're going to lower it. And I told her the literal number. And she lowballed me. So I worked for basically nothing. But it was a great experience. And uh, from there, I never wanted to own. But my the two partners at the time that approached me, um, they positioned me to be the sweat equity. And I love working. And so I got to build a gym. And that was how I got to become an owner over at District H. Was like it, it was going to be on my back. And I liked that. And then I opened Black Wolf. Again, maybe not the best reason, but because I thought they were failing to take care of people. Like, I'm an idealist. Like, as soon as I perceive that someone is not taking care of someone, it hurt. Like, it hurts me. Yeah. And I opened Black Wolf because I felt like I could show a better way to care for the athletes. And that's kind of what brought us here. I don't like to work out. Like, I like to work out. I actually love to work (laughs) out. But, like, I don't – I never had aspirations to go to regionals. Okay. I could beat everybody in the gym at various times of my life. I could, but like the idea, I just, it wasn't in me. It wasn't something I didn't, I, and I'll, this sounds weird because most people would like pretend like, Oh, I, I could have been a contender. 
Maybe I could have been, but I'll tell you right now, I had other focuses than spending the two to three hours a day training and then the two to three hours a day recovering properly, focusing on nutrition, the things that would have been required for me to make that jump. And I wasn't going to put that in. I was there to help people. And the fact that I like to be active was just kind of a side thing. And for me, it's actually been a struggle as a result because working out is my escape but I can't escape into what I own or I can't escape into where I live. And so that's the conflict I'm facing right now. Yeah. So I got into it to care for people, but it's kind of been at the detriment of myself at various times, including kind of this period of my life right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit more or started on the opposite side of that where, you know, I've played sports my whole life and I loved competing. I was always very competitive. What sports did you play growing up? Um, everything <laughs> all of them but my biggest one or my biggest love was always basketball which you guys can't see me right now but I'm 5'2 um so <laughs> I was point guard for a long time and then shooting guard and I loved it but anyway so comp competition or being competitive was always something I really enjoyed and so I kind of wanted to see how far I could get CrossFit wise started training heavily for regionals you know and I was doing kind of what you were saying like in order I don't care what anyone says in order to be a professional athlete at least in this sport you got to put the time in like there's no other way and so I was putting in almost four hours a day like all I did was eat sleep train and I kind of became an asshole and because <laughs> at that point you're kind of selfish like you don't really have another option and I didn't like that version of myself and I think I kind of lost a little bit of my identity in that which I think can happen with a lot of people and it came to the point where I was like okay what if I were to get injured or something and I couldn't do CrossFit like who am I then and just kind of realizing that you're so much more than like just what you do you right. know like it comes down to your character and that's something that you'll always have. Whereas, you know, and that's one thing we can talk about too is where's CrossFit as a sport going to go anyways? Like obviously regionals is not a thing anymore. It's pretty, pretty tough to get to the games at this point. And even then I kind of was like, all right, even if I made it to regionals, I stood up there, you know, it's kind of to the point of like, now what? And just, trying to start like enjoying the journey and the process and like the moment that I'm in each and every day instead of getting so caught up in like the future or things like that and and you know CrossFit what its original intent was like Glassman said you know general population health and wellness like move your body and they actually just released a video not too long ago of like some old guy doing a burpee did you see that I, I loved that because <laughs> it's like that's what the burpee is so that you don't have that stupid life alert thing around your neck. Uh, like. My clients get sick of it. But anytime we air squat, I got to tell the story about, hey, the reason that we're squatting today is because as soon as you can't stand up off the shitter, your kid's putting you in a home. Yeah, exactly. And but that's, as soon as you it's fall, true. And then on the burpee and it's more personal there. And whenever if I ever get an eye roll on a burpee like and, and I was actually just talking to someone that finished their free week and she was saying how we run a little bit more than other gyms. And she said, and nobody complains. And I was like, well, yeah, our, our athletes are amazing. They, they might not love running, but they know they need to do it. But on the burpees, occasionally we'll get an eye roll or two. And I'll be like, all right, let me tell you a story. <laughs> 
And I mean, and, and it's it is a, it's I can tell it in a joking fashion, but it's really it's a heartfelt story. My 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 grandmother, my dad's side, my my uncle found her in her house on the floor after what they're estimating to be 18 hours. She couldn't well, get off yeah. the floor. And and that's not to say like I don't want to be so callous to be like, well, she did burpees, but like maybe maybe if she had any train like. If in the years before, obviously not the, that year because she's already kind of reaching decrepitude and all that things, but the musculature stays with you. The, and even more important, the motor pattern stays with you. And so it is very real. Like as soon as you're, as soon as you're not able to stand up from the floor, you have to go into assisted living. Yeah. And that generally is the sign that you're on the downhill. And as Kelly Starr talks about, we're meant to live to 110 pain-free. And that's why we have this business is so all of our athletes can live to 110 years old and thrive. As soon as I need to be, like, carted around, shoot me in the head. Like, yeah. let's just be done. And I want us to thrive. So I, that video, it, 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 I love that video. And I'm curious to see, too, like, like you were saying, CrossFit hasn't been around that long. Like, are people who are doing CrossFit now, like, are we going to live longer? Are we going to, you know, or, or these people who, you know, maybe are the serious athletes, are they just completely overtraining and beating up their bodies and they're going to get to the old age and actually not be able to do much? You know, like I'm kind of, I'm curious to see one, where it goes as a sport and two, like, are these CrossFitters going to live to like 120 because of this or, or the opposite, you know? Yeah. We don't have, we don't have the it hasn't been around long enough like th- theoretically someone could have started in 2001 with glassman in california yeah so it's been 17 years and they could have started when they were 40 so they could be 57 maybe he started with a 50 year old so 67 yeah maybe he started with a 60 year old so 77 but like my point is like but then if you start at 60 we don't know about the 60 years before what were they doing to their body so that's not really a fair assessment what right. you really want to see is somebody that picked it up in their 20s or 30s and then maintained it for a long period of time. How far do they make it in life? And so the closest we're going to get is 47 years old right now. And so we have another 50 years before we figure out if we can make it to 100 based right. on doing this. I think it's very interesting on the top end uh, performance-wise. I think that it depends on who we're categorizing as those athletes. Because the guy, the male version of you, the regional hopeful they often are training more irresponsibly than the actual regional athlete. And I specifically yeah. mean men I, because men are dumb. We're very, <laughs> we're very dumb. We're very dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's going to be an athlete, if you have a female athlete and a male athlete that are going to train the three hours a day, which one is more likely to not take the recovery seriously? It's going to be the male athlete. Yeah. Okay. And again, generalization, nobody will be offended by that, but like, it's a fact. So if someone's like, constantly throwing 315 over their head but they're landing in their toes but they're strong enough to do it but they do it over they do it a thousand times in their lifetime then eventually their knees gonna break down eventually they're gonna hobble around you know but i think then there's an opposite thing they may not walk well but like what about their like blood work i still think that should improve yeah unless they're training such stress levels that like cortisol is being released we're getting a little fancy here but like i have to believe no matter what you're moving towards health Exactly. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And obviously there's many factors that go into it, but I'm just, I'm curious to see like what ends up happening with all of that. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's fascinating. Like, like the, the athletes you're able to meet this morning, 5am and 6am, like those are the people, those are general population people. Those are people that would be great. Um, that are great, uh, ev- will be great evidence to what CrossFit can do. Yeah. Cause they're training four to five days a week. 
They don't. They love a PR, but they don't care. They're not staying awake at night, going like, "Man, I can't believe I couldn't snatch my body weight." Like, right. they're not so obsessed with it. They are doing this for health and wellness, with a side effect of looking better naked, the side effect of having performance goals. Yeah. You know? So they're great evidence of, and really all of our athletes are this way. But speaking to who we met this morning, they're the ones where you're like, "Man, I would have to think that their lives are going to be longer and better, a higher quality." As a, result, as a result of consistency, so long as we're taking nutrition seriously as well. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, they always say nutrition is the foundation, but I would kind of argue that sleep is the foundation. Like, I've had yep. so many people, like, honestly, if you're not getting enough sleep, you probably shouldn't even be training at that point. Like, sleep should be pretty close to number one, I think. Absolutely. For, it's, for health. It's certainly... In a world where we're looking for life hacks, yeah, we want shortcuts. If you drink apple apple cider vinegar, you're going to lose weight. Okay, if you <laughs> here's eat your cu- magic pill. If you eat celery, it, it's negative calories. In a world where we're searching for these shortcuts, if you would just sleep another hour, if you sleep another two hours, if you would turn out the lights instead of sleeping with a light on, if yeah. you would not watch TV before you went to bed, there's all these little things that like maybe they're even obvious. Like, it, it, we talked about that. Like, hey, how'd you sleep last night? Now, you're in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in my normal Not at all. Normal situation. But, like, let's say, let's say your answer to how you slept last night was your answer for, like, sleeping normally. And I was, I'd just be like, what do we need to do? You would know. You would be able to make a list of things you could do better to yeah. set yourself up for that. So, we often know the answer. Nobody's ever shocked me, like, hey, you should sleep more. <laughs> but I think we don't understand the opportunity. But you know how good I feel when I sleep? Like, do you understand? I want to. I want to conquer the fucking world when I sleep. And yeah. when, I, when I don't, I want you all to die. <laughs> I'm just like, please, everybody go away. I, I don't care if I don't pay my bills. Please just leave me alone. And it also goes to food. I will eat so healthy when I'm full of energy. If I'm tired, a little bit of fatigue, I'm like, chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> Where's some chewy candy? That sounds good. Right. You know, it, you make, and that's decision fatigue. That's being ex- mentally exhausted as well. If you don't sleep, your mind fatigues quicker. And then you make weird decisions, you know, should I go to the gym, man, I'm exhausted. And let's not say I slept two hours where I shouldn't go to the gym. Like, let's say I slept enough where I could train, Yeah. but I'm going to make the easy decision when I'm tired. I'm not going to make the tough decision. You know, I'm going to look for the way out because I'm exhausted, but I, that doesn't mean I'll go home and be like, well, I messed up last night. I better get it right tonight. I don't think we appreciate it. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, how, how does that change? What do you mean, like appreciating it more? Get, positioning people to understand the opportunity that they have. Yeah, I mean, that's always a tough one. Like, that's why I always try with ath- athletes is like get to the root of of the real reason they're doing it. And like, we've talked about this before of, okay, you know, why are you here? Why did you choose CrossFit? And, you know, the the common one is I want to lose weight, which is great, but it's always like, Okay, well, why do you want to lose weight? Right. Like, and you know, th- maybe the person saying that is someone who doesn't even have weight to lose. And right. we look at them, and it's, and it comes down to like, okay, maybe self confidence is an issue, or, you know, maybe, and that's if we want to get into this, is kind of the, the reason I got so intrigued by like mindset coaching or training because right. So tell us what what certification process you're going through right now for that. Um, it's called the MRCC, so it's Mindset RX, which is like a brand, I guess, coaching certification. Um, and 
you know, one thing that I was seeing and noticing when talking with athletes was always, you know, people get so obsessed with RX or scaled, mm. or at least that was with most of the gyms I was at. And it was like, did you move well? Did you have fun? Did you push yourself? Like, right. I don't care what weight you use. I don't, as long as you like, like I said, looked good, did well. So what I was kind of noticing was anytime I was coaching and I was like asking for scores or whatever, you know, someone would be like, they would tell me their score and be like, but I scaled it or, yep. but I only did this. But, yep, and yep, I only, yes. and it was like all these butts. And I'm like, what do you mean, but? Yes. But you showed up and you did work and you did awesome. Like, yes. And so there was a lot of butts. And then there was just different conversations with particularly a lot of the women that I dealt with of, and it can be men too, but like, you know, <sighs> my husband's telling me this or that and I'm not good enough and just mm. always there was a lot of struggle there that that I became a lot more aware of I guess right and I just felt like it was an area that we lacked a lot in this in this field like everyone's okay we're doing the physical stuff we're working out we're talking nutrition you know people at least know what macros are now they know to feel their body whatever but right. but the one thing we're not doing is focusing on the mindset and that literally affects everything that that's your whole thing right there you know even whether you are conscious of it or not you made the decision to come here and you're talking to yourself in your head the whole time you're working out right like and so i wanted to one fix that for myself because i have a lot of my own issues <laughs> but um and then eventually be able to help others with it and i think too with that i got this idea in my head that I had to be perfect in order to help other people mm -hmm. and coach people. And it's like one thing that one of my coaches I work with was he always said the broken heal the broken. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going through all these struggles and maybe I'm not perfect yet or I haven't figured it out yet or whatever, but I can still help other people. And even though I'm going through this, you know, I can speak to other people on all these experiences that I'm dealing with. So right. it's something I'm really passionate about. And I, I think it's a really cool, I think there's a lot of opportunity there too. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, mentality, we're not, we're not veering too far away from mental health. I mean, just as a whole outside of the gym and, and giving voice to the fact that we are broken and, you know, first steps acknowledging you have a problem kind of thing. And that sounds cheesy, but it's real. And people, the reason that it cuts me to the core when someone does, you know, today be like, all right, give me your time. 638. But I did sit-ups. You know, like, shut up. Yeah, and I'll exactly. I mean, my, and that's why you, you don't hear that often here. Because when they used to say that, I would spin around like, shut up. <laughs> like, you did awesome. Like, do not, don't you dare talk that way. Because I'm serious about it because workouts are tough. Like, workouts are tough. And for you to get through a workout is already, like, a huge, like, gold star. Like, yeah. awesome job. You walked in the door? Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Do you know how many people didn't walk in the door? How many people, like, wanted to and didn't have the courage? Like, or just chose not to? Like, there's so many reasons not to come in. And you fought through all of that and you got in here. You've yeah. already done it. And then you worked hard. And then you worked hard. So then you plus that experience by actually putting effort in. You didn't mail it in. You didn't lollygag. You didn't complain. You worked hard. And sure, you didn't do toes to bar today. Okay? So you know what? what? 
Exactly. And that's why I want to tell you. And I told every class so far, I'll tell 830 this, I'll tell 4359 this. 21159 deadlifts and straight leg sit-ups is still going to smoke your ass. Yes. Like, it is still a damn good workout. And you should be proud that you did it. Because what's the point, you know? And what, more importantly to me, what are you getting from discounting your effort? Exactly. Yeah. Like, what is the benefit of me going, but I scaled? And I think we're we're always so much nicer to everyone else than we are to ourselves. Like, that's sure. a huge thing for me. Like, I have this bracelet here, and it's like, if I flip it over, it says something on the back. And one of them is speak kindly to yourself, because it's like, and one exercise, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that I love to do is, okay, if I'm looking at a picture of myself, or I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm thinking something negative, I always like try to say it out loud or mm -hmm. be like, ask myself, would you say that to somebody else? Mm -hmm. And you're like, hell no, I wouldn't say that to somebody else. I'm not an asshole. And it's like, why are you being an asshole to yourself then? Yep. Like, be kind to yourself. You get this one life, this one body, like do your best and your best is okay. Like maybe you do have toes to bar, but today, hey they weren't there today right so fucking what yep. like yep does that make you any less of a person no like are you still a good person right. yes who cares you know it's we get so caught up in it and and honestly you guys have like a really cool community here and it seems like maybe that's not as big of a thing right. but but it is something people I've get seen. a little timid and saying rx now it's i didn't mean for it to go that far <laughs> but like we've we i don't think we've had someone yell rx across a room in a year like yeah now they're like rx <laughs> be like no you can be proud too like you can be proud too like be proud that you rx but don't make that the end all be all yeah exactly. you know like it's awesome that you toes the bar and you 225 and you did it great and it looked great and you got done in under eight minutes and all this stuff be proud of that the same way someone that deadlifted 85 pounds and did sit-ups should be really proud of that too you yeah know? Um, I like, so something that you just said that kind of giving voice to it, um, so one, uh, we did this in the last nutrition challenge. I, I started talking about how I think like our minds are so noisy and there's so many different voices that we hear. Mm -hmm. And so there's a positive voice, negative voice. And oftentimes we give more credit to that negative or that, you know, bad influence of a voice. And one thing I like what you said about the like saying it out loud and that makes you kind of realize like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's really powerful. That's not something I've practiced. And I like that. I'm going to start doing that. What I had been doing was when I started getting a dumb idea in my head, I'll just say out loud. No, like, no, like as just no, that's a, whether yeah. it's like, God, I'm hideous or man, I'm just a piece of shit. And that thought creeps in my mind a lot. And that it, but if I can, if I don't say no out loud, or if I don't write about it in the journal, like then it stays in my head. Yeah. Even if I kind of pack it away and push it back, it's still there. But as soon as I say no, it usually is followed by a why. Like because you're not. Look what we're doing. Look what we're accomplishing. Like look what your intention is. There's no world where that's true. And then suddenly you feel better. You know. And now you're able to be a more effective human. But I think that oftentimes we. We don't think we have the right to say it out loud. We don't. And if you talk to yourself and you think that's weird, like I'm not the person to listen to because I talk to myself <laughs> all the time. But I, I think too. there's so much value in giving voice, whether it's too. That's why talking to somebody is important because you're saying it. That's why when someone just listens, you still feel better, even if they don't give you any feedback. If you right. just get yeah. it out there, well, then you could do that with yourself. There is value in either writing it out or like having it out in front of you because then you really pay attention to what you're saying or what you're thinking. 
And then that allows you to have a better idea of, is there something I should pay attention to there? Or am I being irrational and tearing myself down as I'm conditioned to do? Yeah. And whatever version of that that is, you know, I'm a visual person and I don't care how lame you say it is. Everyone should journal. That's just my opinion. Absolutely. Everybody should be journaling. Like, so I journal every night, every morning in the, in the morning, it's always kind of just like whatever thoughts are coming to my mind. Right. And then I'll kind of like write down my conversation with myself. Like I'll look back like what would I was writing and then talk to myself like, you know what? Take, so half the time it's like, Miranda, take a breath. Like everything's fine. So I tend to be an overthinker, a worrier, whatever. But and so then at night I'll journal about my wins for the day. So like, yeah, nice. I like even that. if it was I like that a lot. You know, something small. Sometimes you have to think smaller rather than larger of like, even if it's like someone said my hair looked nice today, that's a win, Yeah. you know, and it can be training. It can be anything. And so I would encourage everyone to journal just to even get it out there on paper. It's, it's huge. I like that a lot. And we're going to end on that one. So the big takeaway here is going to be everybody should be journaling. And I completely agree. Um, and I think that helps with mentality. I also think like, and just a real simple fix, like just, like including like what you eat. Like if you just write down, we kind of talked about that. Like just write down what you eat for the day and you're going to get tired of, I ate pizza again. I ate pizza again. I ate pizza. Eventually the pizza goes away because you get sick of, it sounds stupid, but like you really do get sick of writing that down, you know? So I think the journaling aspect of it, um, but the mentality as a whole, I'm excited to see kind of as society develops because I think we are starting to see people give more credence to it. Um, and I do think you're going to see more programs devoted to it, whether it's, you know, five minute talks during class or entire workshops, you know, on the weekend. Yeah. I think there's great opportunity because certainly every level of person can benefit from that. And we're, it's the reason there's so many self-help books that are like unleash the person within because right. you're literally holding, it's cheesy. And I'm not saying those books are worth reading, but some are, but it's cheesy, but it's true because you're not meeting your potential, not because of anybody else you're holding yourself back more often than not. I'm exactly. sure there are people that are being literally held back. But most of us, if we're not coming from some some specific area of life, most of us are the only thing standing in our own way. Exactly. And it's our interpretation of how we see the world that prevents us from, from doing more. Well, Miranda, it is time for the 830. So we are going to step out of here. Thank you for being here. We're going to leave them wanting more. <laughs> Thank sure you for having this. me. You're awesome. And y'all, uh, we will, Joel will be back next Friday. So we'll be back to normal. Thanks for listening. And we will see you soon. Bye, guys.